0: This is the Homestead Education Podcast, where we talk all things homesteading and we want to share our passion and experience for this lifestyle with you. Hi, friends. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Homestead Education. Mandy's with me today. Hey, Mandy. Hello. Um, we are here for a, another lovely episode, um, kind of timely because I think a lot of us are winding down from the growing season and there's even some of us who are already thinking about starting seeds for next season and what's that going to look like and where are we going to do that and a common place and such I think a privileged place if you have the means to grow your plants and start your seeds as a greenhouse and we all don't have them. They are sort of a luxury if you will when it comes to gardening and homesteading. But actually, it doesn't have to be. They don't have to be expensive. And we're going to talk about some different forms of greenhouses, why you should have a greenhouse, and then some considerations you might want to make when it comes to installing one. Mandy has a greenhouse. You want to tell us about yours?
1: Oh, gosh. I was just going to say, and Angela just, I mean, you have multiple greenhouses and just built another one, which is kind of why we, I mean, we were talking, this is what we always do. We talk off air. I'm so professional. Um, and then we're like, we should just record. We should talk about this because it's, it's you know, maybe other people are interested. Um, and I agree with your statement. It is kind of like a privilege or a luxury because you can grow food and all of those things without a greenhouse. I did for many years. I literally grew in our basement. Um, it was like a entire operation. Um, and we called it, which is like the basement greenhouse, but there was, it was all artificial light. It was all just like, uh, for a lack of better explanation, just like rigged up. (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. and, um, it worked. That's more work. Um, but you can do it. So this is, you know, we're not here to say that you have to have one. Um, however, there are, I think the idea here is to kind of chat about means to, Having a greenhouse without having to spend your whole paycheck, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We do have a greenhouse. I was trying to remember. I think this will be the third or fourth year. You know, we lost a couple years of our lives, it feels like. And so I'm like, every time I try and think back on things, it's hard for me to remember. But I haven't had one the whole time I've been even at this property. Um, And um, ours is just uh, a freestanding. So that's something I guess we can kind of just talk about at the beginning, the types of greenhouses, or I guess maybe like the structure. Um, A lot of people probably have freestanding or when they think about growing in a greenhouse or seeing them on the road or whatever, they're freestanding, meaning they're not attached to another building or anything like that. You have one that is attached to your house, which uh, I mean, obviously, I'll let you talk about it here in a minute but um and for all of these there are pros and cons to all of them Mm -hmm. but we um have one we built it from a lot of reused or leftover I guess I should say materials that we had around um so I think if If I had one suggestion for people who are like, I really want a greenhouse, but I don't, you know, I only want to spend this amount of money, or I don't have, you know, five thousand dollars to devote because of lumber costs right now, there are many options to building a greenhouse with using like re reused materials or scrap lumber. We talk all the time. Casey and I go to just like the big hardware stores, and they have what's called coal carts. We've posted this on social media so many times, and a lot of people are like, "What? What is that?" Well, coal made me say it in agriculture, raising animals all the time. <clears throat>
0: Are you laughing at me? <laughs> I'm just laughing when people are like, what is that? Because I I do think that this is a bit of a DIY episode largely. And I think we're going to be having some foreign speak to a lot of people who may have never set foot in a Home Depot or a Lowe's oh. or built anything, right?
1: Yes. Okay. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it is true. People are like, what does that mean? And the word originates from when, I mean, from agriculture and raising animals. And so, like, if you have a herd of cattle and you know you look at them and you you pick like the best ones and then the the two that are not great we say the, we pull those usually the you know they're going to market or whatever so it's the same with lumber um our stores, and you should just ask if yours don't have that called a coal cart um They, like, pick the lumber that's, like, starting to split on the ends or maybe it's a little bit warped or something like that. And it's ours, at least, is reduced 75% off.
2: So That's awesome. That's a huge resource.
1: Oh, yeah. So even if you could only use half of it or, you know, three-fourths of it, you're still saving tons of money. Anyway, I feel like I've gone a little bit off track. But circling back, we... used a lot of things that we had laying around, a lot of lumber. So it's like maybe you want, you have a specific detail or thought in mind. And again, I'll try, you know, you're, you're correct. A lot of people maybe have not built anything or don't know what I'm talking about when I say like, you know, use a four by four instead of a six by six or whatever. Um, but you will, it's, you'll, you'll pick up on it. So I don't know. I think that my biggest suggestion, if I just rounded out this very jumbled thought, is trying to use what you have, because there are tons of options, and all you need is the sunlight to come in. All you need is that. So ours is, and we'll post pictures and everything like that, I'm sure, you know, if you have questions, you can always ask, but I, in my, in my mind's eye, I wanted there to be sunlight from top to bottom it just wasn't really necessarily in the cards with what we had. So we have like, um, it's, it's not all, it's not halfway up, maybe like a third of the way up. It's, it's like covered if that makes sense around the base of our greenhouse. But the sunlight still comes in. There's a, we we have like poly panels, not windows, but like poly panels, um, around all of it. So we have sunlight that comes in from all directions. um, And it works just fine. So what I had thought that I needed, I didn't need.
0: I think that the whole purpose of a greenhouse, like you said, is to get the sunlight in Mm -hmm. and to kind of add a little bit of added protection or warmth Mm -hmm. to these growing spaces that we have. Because essentially we're using them as like season extenders or we're housing tender seedlings in there seeds right um and it doesn't have to be fancy you know it's really interesting because initially when I wanted a greenhouse um within this past year I had visions initially of just buying a kit because it is a lot of time energy and effort but I did have a lot of old windows lying around my farm is, was built in 1775, and I don't think they've ever thrown a window away from any owner that's ever lived here. So anytime a window gets replaced, they've been stacking them in the barn loft. And so to see, just not use those is, I thought was silly. Um, so I decided to build my own out of the windows that we had, because it, it just made sense. And I I really like the way that it came out. I think, you know, it's visually attractive. Um, Does it look like the grand French orangeries you might buy in a $12,000 kit online? No, but that's not the point. I wasn't looking for something for aesthetics. I was looking for something for function. I think what maybe we should talk about is the different types of greenhouses that you can have. You can buy a kit that comes as a standalone structure. You can buy a kit that comes as a three-sided structure, like a lean to that you would put up against a building. You can put up a hoop house that's canvas or plastic. You can do a cold frame, which is essentially just a raised bed with a window top lid. You can make a mini greenhouse so it doesn't even have to be something you can walk in. It can just reach in and you put your plants on a few shelves that's that's surrounded by a couple of old windows or Uh, polycarbonate panels. But then there's just the independent structures, like Mandy said, where it's like standalone off doing its thing that maybe you've built yourself from things you have, or maybe things that you designed and went and purchased. All of these things do the same thing and require the same elements in order to work. Yes, you need glass or something that's going to allow sunlight to permeate, but you also need ventilation and you need a heat source for when The greenhouse is not able to sustain its own heat if you're going to be growing in extremely cold climates during an extremely cold time of the year. So we'll talk about how to go about installing these things or making sure your greenhouse has these things. I'm coming from the perspective of when I started my homesteading journey like 10, 12 years ago. I purchased, it's a very common greenhouse kit. You find it on Amazon It measures like six by eight or six by nine. It's just plastic and you can pop it up like in a half a day. Um, that was my first brush with using a greenhouse. The second one that I had was um, one that was attached to my living room, but is underground. <laughs> so yes, technically it's a greenhouse because I live in a bank house. The The windows are all on the top of the greenhouse. They're all sunlights. But, and then I have a doorway that would go to like a walkout patio kind of a thing but it wasn't enough sunlight for me. So I had to um, supplement with grow lights. So that kind of gave me some experience with that. And now the structure that I've just finished building so I can get away from grow lights and hardening off is um, a lean-to structure. I put on the sunny side of my barn out of old windows. So I've kind of had experience with all different forms of
1: greenhouse buildings.
0: Gosh, I mean,
1: every, yeah, I mean, I am thinking of things that you know people might have questions about. We'll save it for later. But you mentioned hardening your plants off, and mm-hmm. I think that's a very common question that we, um, a lot of people have. When you grow in a greenhouse, do you harden your seeds off? So I mm-hmm. mean, I mean, I guess we can answer it now. I thought we were going to wait, but I don't. But that all goes back. I guess I shouldn't say I don't. I don't have to as much as like if you know, if when I was growing in my basement. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I mean the amount, the labor intensive portion of that was insane. Um, but when it, I think that that all goes back to your ventilation that you have and whatever structure you're growing in, Mm -hmm. um, because we have windows and a door and things like that. So we will crack them obviously for ventilation. You know, it gets, so hot even in april when it's not super warm outside we're still in jackets and hats and things like that it will be close to 100 degrees sometimes depending on the the, like how like the sun um outdoors so it gets very very hot in the in the greenhouse um anyway i want to backtrack and tell people what hardening off is for those who might not know yes yes go
2: ahead oh (laughs) Master
1: Gardener, <laughs> I mean, essentially, if you, I mean, essentially, it's just kind of like when we grow plants, and you have them. If you think about um, growing something in your living room, right, and then if you, you start a tomato plant, and uh-huh. then if you're like, oh, I'm just going, it's been protected by your house, and you've had a grow light on it, or even in your greenhouse, right? So you've had it protected; it's not ever had any, um, or very, very minimal. Um, access or whatever to the outside environment where it's actually going to flourish and grow in. If you just like put it out there without um, getting it used to it, if that makes a little bit of sense, most of the time they're not going to thrive super well. So hardening off is a process of just acclimating your plants to their final destination.
0: Yeah. And if you have a grow light, unfortunately no grow light is as strong as the power of the sun. So if you're using grow lights, there's this whole, conversation we could have about the right lights to use and the short of it is you need to make sure you get a grow light for your space that has both uv red and uv blue rays because one helps foliage and fruiting growth and one helps strong stem growth but even that getting a bulb, speaking from experience that has both of those, isn't the same as the sun. And so hardening off this process of acclimating the plants, I would take each and every little seedling tray outside and it'd start with an hour, then bring it back in. And then two hours and bring it back in. And this is all happening over the course of a couple of weeks, like 10 to 14 days. It is insane when you are trying to grow a lot of food and you have a lot of seed trays to take them in and out. And that was the, the biggest catalyst for me being like, look, I got to get out from under these grow lights. I need to get something with actual like windows and sun because this is just too much. And even with that slow acclimation, that slow hardening off process, there's a lot of loss because some just can't hang, you know, some just wilt and die, or there's wind. And so then if all of a sudden the temperature drops and there's snow and ice, you got to make sure you bring those things in. Travel's kind of out of the question during that time because I'm not gonna ask a farmer or a house sitter to do that process for me. So having them be able to reside in a greenhouse and then just be like, oop, you're going out to the garden, that is such a luxury. Um,
1: and I think we could just like kind of thinking about what you just said when we talk in all of these podcasts and just in general when we talk about homesteading or farming or, you know, Th- this type of lifestyle um there's risk and benefit and pros and cons to a lot of things that we do um there's a lot of money involved with a lot of things that we do and then there's ways you know obviously to same there's so many things in like the big overreaching grain scheme of things but just this specific example with the labor intent like carrying the seedlings outside versus potentially, spending some money and having a greenhouse and not having that day to day you're saving. You have to think you have to, when you're potentially trying to budget for anything. And I know we're talking about a greenhouse, but think about the time. Yeah. Your effort in doing, you know, a, and what would it look like if you shifted to plan B? Um, I don't know. I, I, You just made me really think about that. But that, that, that whole idea is in everything that we do.
0: Well, and the other thing is, it's not just saving time and energy, but it's like saving electricity. Mm-hmm. Because even though I was using LEDs, there was still a lot of energy, like electric energy, going into keeping those lights on 12 hours a day.
2: Yeah.
0: And then... There's the actual okay. I got to remember to put to turn these off or put them on a timer, and then there's the whole piece about I just have stronger, healthier plants for it. You know, I in in, when you're on social media, come springtime, you see people's seedlings because we all get so excited after the Darth of winter and not having anything green that we're all sharing the progress of our tomatoes constantly or the progress of this or that. And Mandy's is one in particular where she'd be like, look at how amazing this butter crunch looks like these seedlings. I'm like, what the hell? I started mine before Mandy and they don't look that good yet. And I am tending to them and I'm loving on them. And it's because Mandy has a more natural growing environment. It's more conducive to the plant health than grow lights sitting indoors is. Mm -hmm. It just, it just makes sense.
1: It it makes a huge difference. So I know about like different, you know varieties you've kind of run through your you know transition into where you are and we like I said have freestanding a lot of people you I'll let you talk about cold frame because I think that you just built one and I think I mean it's very very um easy (laughs) um to do um but it allows you to kind of grow um in the very off season um and another, um, I guess, variety of greenhouse that you might see when you're researching or see it on social media is like a hoop house type of thing. So it literally is like a big hoop house. Yeah. Um, but those, I mean, really, I mean, it is exactly how it sounds. Um, they're huge. They're more, I would say, more commercial driven for, you know, commercial growers or people that offer a CSA. A lot of flower farmers have hoop houses. But it's the same it's the same like thought process in regards to everything that we're running down about how how to heat it and all how to care for it and all of that so your location and and everything like that um but tell people what a cold frame is because that might be like a very easy thing that anybody can start with as soon as they're done listening,
0: yeah, so a cold frame um I plan on t- today is. What's today? Today is Wednesday, November 9th. So I'm going to be posting on Instagram today. So if you listen to this episode after November 9th, it should be there. A cold frame really is just a raised bed. And um, I'm going into, or I went into the construction of this knowing I wanted this for carrots. And so it's extra deep, okay? So I know that it is plenty deep to accommodate nice long carrot roots. They shouldn't get stunted or tangled or anything like that. So I think having an idea as to what you're going to grow in there, knowing that it's going to be some sort of a cold season crop. Um, you have a raised bed, you fill it just like you would any other raised bed, but then you just put a window on top or a plexiglass or some clear uh, substrate on top that you can hinge because you're going to be needing to lift it, not just to go in and out for plant care and planting and harvesting, but also because we need ventilation with any greenhouse, including a cold frame. You have to have ventilation in there. And we talk about this with animals as well. If you build up gases, um, you're prone to mildew. And that is a huge uh, threat to the health of any being, be it animal or plant. So you have to be able to find a way to get air in and out of there. And in fact, in my my most recent greenhouse build, I built permanent ventilation gaps in there in case I forget to open something because it does get so hot. And so it is a means of temperature temperature control. But also there's a small breeze going through there. If your greenhouse is constantly closed and you don't have a way to open it, you gotta put a fan in there. Because you have to keep air moving. So we really need to have constant airflow. Um, with your cold frame you can do one of two things. I put my lids on hinges so on super hot days or maybe even in the summer if I'm growing flowers in there I can just hook the window lid, and keep it open. But the other thing is if you give yourself the ability to prop it open just a little bit, when you want to maintain a lot of that heat, especially in the colder months, but still keep air going in and out of there, you can have a small gap for air ventilation. So that's really all a a cold frame is, is. Just think of like a raised bed with a lid. The other thing that you need for all these greenhouses and the cold frame, the heat is the sun, but if you have a bigger space, it's going to be harder to heat a bigger space. The bigger your greenhouse is, the harder it is to keep warm. So a lot of people automatically think like, oh, I need a heater. Well, that's, that's true. You can do a heater, but it's going to be an energy suck. So just be prepared for that cost. Um, yeah, you're going to get some heat and be able to retain that from the sun. But there are other ways to hold heat. One thing is pack it with plants. Like, just like people in a crowded room, the more body heat, whether it be plant or human or animal in a space, the warmer it's going to stay. The other thing is that you can take advantage of thermal mass. I talk about this all the time because I think it's such a underutilized phrase in the growing world. Thermal mass is anything that's going to give off heat. So... The reason i made a three-sided lean-to style greenhouse is i put it up against the sunny side of my barn okay so number one one wall is already constructed for me because it's the barn wall so that saves me cost time and energy but number two the sun hits that barn and it warms it up it's not a heated barn but that structure is already warm so if i put a greenhouse on top of that you can bet it's going to stay really nicely insulated inside but thermal mass doesn't just have to be from a building Cold frames are going in around the base of my greenhouse because those are going to heat up. And those little cold frame, you know, heat pads, if you will, are going to help to heat the floor of my actual greenhouse structure. But rocks also really hold heat. A lot of people don't know that when the sun hits a rock, it stores that heat. And so um, you can put those at like a greenhouse floor could be drainage rock. Lastly, water is one of the slowest heat losing. Um, I don't know what word I'm looking for. I don't want to say material, but it's one of the slowest heat losing materials we have. If you were to fill up massive, like what people use for rain barrels, those massive like blue construction water barrels and fill them up with water and put them in the greenhouse, they're going to fill they're They're going to heat up during the day from the sun. It takes them a really long time to lose their heat. And so they're going to radiate a gentle heat all night long during the cold season. So when I had my really cheapy plastic greenhouse, that's a thing I had to do um, in my property a long time ago because I was trying to run a heater in there with an extension cord and the plants were still freezing. I'm like, this is dumb. I did the big water barrels and it was hugely helpful. I know I just threw a ton of information at you. I'm going to let Mandy talk for a while. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, um, but all of that is, is true and very, I mean, super good information. So, I mean, We, um, in the notes, we kind of talk about flooring and and different flooring options, but we have like rocks, pebble rocks kind of, I don't know. They're not necessarily like pebbles, but a little bit bigger as our flooring in the greenhouse. Um, another thing that we do for heat. Now we do run a heater, an electric heater though. So there's a difference and, um, it works, but it is, I mean, it does. I hate, I mean, it, It does. Um, but it is true. You have to have power source. So that's, I mean, a huge thing when, when you design all of these things, your barn, your coop, whatever it is, right. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, most of the time you're not going to have a power source. So if you, if you don't then you, and you need, you have to run an extension cord. And yeah, so that's, you know, electricity and, and money and things like that. Um, another thing that we have done personally is, like straw bales or hay bales around like the base underneath. So in ours we have shelves and you know there's all types of things that you can do inside your greenhouse. So Casey had built like these these shelves and so we have like underneath storage. Um that just don't leave it empty, right? Like don't mm-hmm. like you said bodies in a crowded room just because you're not maybe growing or you're not in there all the time store things in there. Like we store like our fabric, our garden fat, you know, like just put, put things in there that are going to create, um, this, you know, the sun's going to come through. It's going to pick up heat from all of this and then that's all going to have to dissipate. Well, if there's more things in there, it's going to dissipate much slower. Um, another thing we have not done because ours is not big enough and I'm not entirely sure. Um, how much actual, you know, heat necessarily it would give off. But the theory of having like a compost bin inside your um, yes. house is, I mean, the theory makes perfect sense. You would have to have space for it. I guess you could have a very, you could have a small one, you know, and then we go back to like the labor, like the labor thing, you know, hauling your compost and things like that over there. But it might, it might be worth it if you don't have electricity or you don't have, you know, um, means to heat it any other way. Trying all these other things, um, it, I mean, certainly will work.
0: I've seen, okay, you reminded me of two things. First, going off the compost, I've seen this whole compost in the floor concept where it's not just like you have a bin. Like people would walk on it's almost like a deck I guess and there's a trap door if you will where they dump the compost and the idea is if you compost correctly it shouldn't smell and because you're ventilating the greenhouse anyway you have airflow which is what compost really needs and absolutely a moisture because you're watering your plants so it's kind of like this perfect storm for compost to break down very very quickly and so you're walking on top of this radiant floor essentially cuz as compost breaks down we all know it generates heat and you need to turn it to so it doesn't combust and start a fire if you are <laughs> careful, you shouldn't have your greenhouse floors start on fire and it should be heating your greenhouse. And then when it's finished, you just lift the trap door and there you have compost to put right on your plants. So it creates this really nice, efficient, effective system. Um, but Mandy, and so we've been taking these permaculture uh, classes through mm-hmm. Cornell and a lot of it is about these bio-shelters or greenhouses. And one common thing, which... I personally am not quite sold on is putting a hot tub in your greenhouse because if you have a hot tub in your greenhouse it's hot it's going to heat up but I have a lot of questions about chemicals and pumps and blah blah I'm a little bit more I'm a bit too much of a naturalist I think just from what I know about hot tubs to put one in my greenhouse but that's an option
1: it would I mean again space you'd have to have a huge one yeah but but another but I I hear I hear you I mean and the idea again with you know, our permaculture courses and just being a permaculturalist is, you know, you have something and it's not just like a single entity that you only have. It only has one use, right? yeah so, like, It's helping the greenhouse. You get to sit in it after <laughs> a long day. I don't know. But another thing that has been mentioned in school, which I have seen a lot of people do, which I mean, pros and cons is they house animals in like a hoop house or their chickens or something like that. Yeah. Obviously it would be a little bit tricky to um, have, you know, seedlings per se, but if you have, you know, tender fruit trees or whatever it is, or I don't know, if you had raised beds that then you could potentially cover, like if you grow flowers or, or, you know, bulbs or something like that. Um, obviously the animal's body heat will definitely give off or if you like to block it off you have like half or something like that anyway all to say there are a lot of options but it's definitely something to consider because i mean we're all like living in darkness now right and the sun comes out but i mean that we we go into So many studies, like we're not receiving as much vitamin D. You know, obviously the actual peak of the sun is not providing as much heat. You know, you know things like that. So when we start seeds, usually in the dead of winter, you have to provide heat for them, or they're not going to take off. Mm -hmm.
0: So yeah, and if it's not by way of some sort of radiant heat, like a heater or thermal mass, or if they're not getting enough sun to be warm enough. And you got, that's where you got to start bringing in those heat mats.
1: Um, so other things to potentially consider when you are constructing, or maybe you have a greenhouse and maybe you're like, it didn't get warm enough, or I want to like change a few things or whatever. We kind of talked a little bit about foring. Um, and so it, I mean, if it's, if it's just like bare ground, like dirt, right. Put rocks on it. Like put put something down also on it that's going to create more layers and the sun will still come through and help keep that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's, that's an option. Drainage is all, also a, a, a key thing. Um, but not drainage in a way that like obviously rainfall is coming in, but when you're watering your seedlings and things like that. But that's why we also use rocks because it's going to help with drainage.
0: Yeah. I use um, or in the new space, I just put in patio pavers, yeah. like massive, which is essentially like a, a stone, right? And then, <laughs> yeah, and then in the uh, the greenhouse that I inherited when I moved here, the the like underground sunroom kind of a thing that had cement because it was an enclosed patio space. At one time, it was a patio, so it was concrete. And so, I've had really good luck with um, rock inspired flooring. The thing that sucked when I you know what my first greenhouse, that plastic one, really was like an excellent crash course in greenhouse hardships. So we had um not a proper floor because we were gonna be moving and we were like a year out or whatever and I wanted a greenhouse and so I just put it on a tarp. And you always read, don't put it on tarp. Don't put it on a tarp because the tarp is gonna like peel and degrade, right? You're exposing it to extreme weather conditions and There's no drainage. Check, check, check. I did it anyway. And all of that is true. Don't do a tarp. (laughs) Do something that's going to drain. Speaking from experience. But then the other thing I did is, so you have to position your greenhouse relative to the sunrise and the sunset, right? Because ideally you want to capitalize on as much sun as possible. We're trying to maximize that sunlight exposure. My last property was wooded. And so this poor plastic greenhouse, I had set it up where I thought it was going to get, okay, like it's best shot at some sun. didn't work well one thing i learned is that maybe on your property some trees grew where a permanent greenhouse structure was established and you're just really struggling for light if you don't want to bring in grow lights one thing you can do is go purchase reflective um it's almost like insulation board and it's, it's at hardware stores i got it at lowe's they have it at home depot but it's reflective. It's like silver sheeting on a piece of insulation. You put it up along the wall of the greenhouse where the sunlight doesn't come in, but where it hits. Okay, so if your sunlight comes in on the south side, you would put it on the north side. What happens is it reflects off of that surface and bounces back into the greenhouse and you now doubled your sunshine rays. So that is something I did that also helped to not only insulate it, but kind of help with the fact that the greenhouse really wasn't positioned at an ideal location it could have got more sun. It really didn't. And so I was able to cause reflections. Mirrors do that. Um, so just think about kind of maybe some out of the box ways that you can reflect light. That's very innovative. I never even,
1: but it's kind of like those things that you use in your car windows. Like you want to bounce. The yes, the that's exactly that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's super smart. That might be a really good option for some folks. I mean, so when you talk about position of where you're putting your greenhouse, it's kind of the same thing as orientation. Traditionally, I mean, right, We north-south is, is I, I should say, in the United States when you look at, like, commercial greenhouse mm-hmm. productions. Uh, traditionally, that's what they suggest. Now, I'm going to go all the way back to, like, one of our very first episodes or when we talk about just, um, like, positioning your garden or positioning where you're going to put your barn or whatever it is. If you have the option to watch like one season, um, and like watch where the sun comes when you're going to be starting seeds and when it's like super hot and all of that stuff, even if you don't have a structure and you can't like gauge temperature and humidity and all of that, you can see where you know the sun is going to actually hit. You, you know, all in in the full 360. You don't have trees or or what have you. The um, so ours, the door, I guess. If you walk in, is on the west side. So, I mean, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. but you have windows or poly, we have poly, but like polycarbonate, but um, all the way around. So we, ha- I mean, orientation, position, all of that too is, I mean, very, very important. But if you just are able to track the sun, mm-hmm. that's all you need to do.
2: For sure.
0: And then you also need to think about access, which is another good reason to wait. Because depending on where your garden is and where your house is and where your compost bin is, how is you going in and out of that greenhouse going to play into that daily routine? And how are you going to be able to get compost from the compost heap there without it being an extra headache, like going uphill? Yeah. really, it's just like, are you really going to grow in the greenhouse? Or is it just going to be like, oh, it's on the other side of the property. It's too labor intensive. I'm just going to stick my seed trays in the window in my kitchen. So before you put one up and go through all of the effort of putting it up, make sure it's something you can use and want to use because it's functional.
1: We talked just this week in school about compost and just kind of bringing it back but it's it's just a good point when you talk about where you place things on your homestead they said you know traditionally or a lot of us have a compost bin and we like stick it like in the far back of our 10 acres or whatever you know whatever one acre whatever it is not very accessible and the question that was kind of brought up is why why do we do that and I mean a lot of people think they're going to smell or whatever and they have to be super far away but then you're likely not actually composting everything that you A can compost and then B, you're not probably using it in the best way, right. Or uh-huh. managing it. Uh-huh. So it's a good point to kind of just track your like daily routine and where you're going to be going, especially if you have the capability of starting fresh and you're building new. Um, like don't make it harder on yourself, work smarter, not harder. So I don't know all these things hopefully are, are super helpful. I mean, I think that the, the most common question or the most common, you know, challenge or consideration is how how are you going to heat it or how your plant's going to even stay warm when it's super cold. So I don't know. That reflective thing is...
0: It was um, a game changer. I'm going to be
1: honest. I think it's a game changer for people.
0: You know, it wasn't the most attractive, right? Because one greenhouse is glass you can see into it and so all of a sudden you're putting this panel up next to it but it is temporary i mean you can maybe you only need it december january february where you live you know yeah. so i think that that the maybe the eyesore of it there's a nice consolation prize is that you just you can be able to start your seeds sooner and you're gonna have better plants yeah um I think there are some other challenges, though, that we need to mention. We talked about mold and mildew, and that's a symptom of not getting enough airflow. So that tends to be an easy fix, but it's kind of a headache to fix it once it does establish itself on your soil. So it's better to just kind of do that in the beginning. We talked about heating. Any contained warm space, though, especially in the colder months, if you live in a cold climate, is a wonderful habitat for unwanted Insects and even some rodents. Uh I have had rodents in the greenhouse, and that's why I have cats. <laughs> right, I know. Same. I was going
1: to say, just it's like a it's like the cat paradise in the winter.
0: Yeah, it's like their little sanctuary. They love the warmth and the sun. They want to be in there. Okay, fine, that's great. But then we have other things that are uh, scales. Because I keep a lot of fruit trees in the greenhouse in the wintertime. They're these like white mealybug kind of things that that are like a little bit... Well, they're bigger than aphids. You can see them very easily and they're white. And they just suck the life out of the plant, literally. And they are so hard to get rid of once it's established. And so that was one of the reasons I was really excited to build the new space is because every year at some point I get scales. And same with aphids. They just find their way in. So do gnats come seed starting season. These are pests that you need to expect. It you you're going to get them. It's part of it and then you just learn how to take care of it. But thinking that your greenhouse is going to be 100% fully sanitized and never have any sort of intruder if you will, I think is a gross misconception.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it all goes back to your relative humidity and your ventilation and things like that. So, it's not just like care for your plants when you're thinking about how many windows to install or how are you going to ventilate? It's 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 the care when it comes to like pests as well. Yeah, for
0: sure. So I think we covered everything we want to. I think the last thing we should just touch on for both Mandy and I, is we both get asked, do you have plans for your greenhouse? Um, I do not because mine is an upcycled structure. And if you aren't familiar with building things, especially with old windows, every single window is not square. Every single window is not a consistent size to the one that was next to it. You're going to find windows either from your house or all, from all over the place on Craigslist. Wherever you're getting it, there is no plan. The plan is you don't have a plan. The plan is you get all your windows and you lay them on the ground and you're like, that side looks good. Let's make another one. And so you just kind of have to go into it knowing there's going to be a little bit of organized chaos and flexibility. That's all I got, Mandy. Can you make yes. plans? Uh, no, we
1: don't have plans. We I did. I was able to like go back. Um, and kind of look at the lumber that we had to purchase versus the lumber that we already had. Um, my parents had just actually even built a new home and they had like a barn dominium kind of home, so we were able to use some of the stuff from their like leftover. So we um did like a rough estimate of cost, but that does not include what we already had, so um that, but that all goes back to you know where can you source stuff like maybe it's not your exact like picture perfect dream but you know what is more of a picture perfect dream for me is e- eating food from the garden fighting for my family versus growing in some you know yeah we spend a lot of time and it is like we've said a privilege and a luxury and it is like literally one of my favorite spaces to be in in spring
2: mm-hmm.
1: um But if you're able to kind of use your resources and and do all these things, maybe take bits and pieces of what we've talked about and bring it to life on your own property, the, the reward is going to be massive.
0: I always find it somewhat comical that many people that are interested in greenhouses and growing aren't doing it for the decorative piece. They're doing it for functionality and they're doing it because maybe they're a little more holistically minded and they like the idea of growing their own food and that sort of thing. But then so many are just like, "Oh well, let me go on Amazon. I'll just order it." <laughs> you know what I mean? And it seems like a conflict—a conflict of interest—is what it seems like. I get it. I thought about ordering it too because it's so much easier. It's convenient.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But I—I I, I, honestly, I'm not just saying this. Building that greenhouse because I built it all on my own. I wanted to be able to test my skill. It is by far the most favorite project I've had. It was just fun, and I found myself. Usually I'm one to kind of be like, I want to hurry this up. I want it to be done. I actually didn't want this one to be done. I just had a lot of fun building it. It was, it was a really cool project. I think it's because you know
1: that the benefit and the reward that it's going to come for years. Um, So I don't know. This is, it makes me want to go build another one.
0: Yeah. I know I have a whole bunch of, of windows still that I chose not to use. And she, I was like, maybe I should just put these out at the curb and someone can take them. I'm kind of like, I don't want to. <laughs> really another just one. Makes me excited for growing season. And
1: it, yeah. it, as always, like if anybody has any questions or you want like pictures, I'm sure we'll put some on social media and we'll have these notes in show notes and, and things like that. And I think again, circling back to like the biggest suggestion is trying to use what you have and um, pay attention to your landscape and, um, I mean, we all just know you're just, you're doing the best that you can. So
0: it also goes back to, you know, what we need to do for one episode. We just need to kind of talk about functional farming versus Mm -hmm. glamour farming because there's so many people think that they have to have a glamorous looking homestead. And I think that's very unfortunate. That is one of the ways I think that social media and Pinterest has degraded this lifestyle Mm -hmm. is it makes people think they can't do it because they have to have
1: and we need to end this episode otherwise i'm gonna just like get on a huge tangent (laughs) about that so um uh, yeah another another day for sure function
0: farming versus glamour farming we'll talk about that.
1: that's definitely like maybe next week so um (laughs) uh hope everybody has a good day and thank you so much and cheers
0: thank you bye Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Homestead Education Podcast. Any relevant material will be put in the show notes. We hope you'll share our episodes and also click that subscribe button. For more information about this podcast, you can visit us on Instagram at Education Podcast. Angela can be found online at axeroothomestead.com and on Instagram at Axe Root Homestead. Mandy can also be found online at the farmermandy.com. And on Instagram at Wild Oak Farms. We'll see you next time.